In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Not long ago, I was at a holiday party, and I overheard a conversation, as I tend to do from time to time. From what I could tell of the conversation, a young man had just been away at school, and he had come back home after maybe uh, spending a semester away. He was talking with an older woman who might have been an aunt or a neighbor. Um, It could have been his grandmother, but I think there was a little bit of distance, and yet she knew his parents and she knew his siblings. The young man was irate. That's what got my attention. He was really angry. He just had it. And I could catch glimmers of the conversation. Um, He was mad about the way his parents were treating his siblings. It seemed that as soon as he went away to college, his sister and brother were getting away with murder. They were getting away with everything. Their parents were allowing them to go places that he'd never been able to go, to do things he'd never been able to do. And so the young man was really angry. The older woman listened, and she listened and sort of shook her head occasionally. It didn't sound like she was saying much. The conversation I was in um, ended, and so I could hear the very ending of their conversation. And I heard one of the smartest, wisest things I've heard in a long time. The older woman looked at the young man, and she said, How lucky your family is to have you, because you've prepared the way. (laughs) She went on. She said, your siblings must be grateful. They must think you're the best person in the world. And the way you've raised up your parents and taught them what it is to be parents, I bet they're grateful too. You can imagine the stunned silence of the young man. Somehow all the anger had gone away. Of all the things he'd imagined she might say, that one hadn't, hadn't come up. She'd said, of course, what was true, and the truth had always been there. He just hadn't noticed it. It needed to be pointed out. How lucky to be the one who prepares the way. Our gospel today brings us a close-up of John the Baptist, the one who prepared the way for Jesus. Last week, we heard John identify himself with those very words. He said, as, as one crying out in the wilderness makes straight the way of the Lord. John the Baptist is thought to have been maybe 39 or 40 years old when he was executed by King Herod. Though he was filled with faith in God, and it seems an increasing faith that Jesus was in fact the Messiah, John had no assurance that all his work would pay off. There was no way he had of knowing that there would be success. And in fact, had he been at Calvary for the crucifixion, he probably would have thought everything he did and said was a complete failure. John prepared the way according to God's plan, even if he wasn't always aware of it. By the time we read about John the Baptist and hear about him in today's gospel, I think John the Baptist must have had a few conversations like that young man with the older woman at the party. (laughs) Or maybe it was the Holy Spirit that helped John understand his role and claim it as one who prepares the way to embrace that role 
It, it had to have been tempting when people came up to him and said, are you the Messiah? He could have said, well, maybe. He could have said, perhaps, and see what good it would bring him. He could have been very vague and said, I don't know. Instead, he was emphatic. No, I'm not the Messiah. My job is to come first. The Messiah is coming later. He will baptize with water, but also with fire and the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist lives in a hard, thankless place, I think. He's the warm-up act before the main event. It's as though John makes the appetizer, but a famous chef is coming later to cook the feast. Or John does the rough, heavy lifting of a carpenter or workman, but the real craftsman steps in later. John does the advance work, but almost before he will know it, Herod will step in and remove him from the scene. But what a great gift John gives Jesus, the other disciples, and the church. John does us all, I think, a tremendous service by showing us the importance of being one who prepares the way. One who prepares the way without any sense of how things will actually be finished. Of course, a few blocks away, we have a beautiful and amazing reminder of the power of preparation. We have Central Park because one person and many who worked with him prepared the way. Frederick Law Olmsted understood well that he'd never see what he was beginning. He could move huge sections of earth, move enormous boulders and rocks, plant seedlings, all in faith that in the future it would pay off. It might take 20 years. It might take 50 years. It might take 150 years. That's some vision. But even more amazing than the vision of Olmsted, imagine the patience that it must have taken for him. Had it been me, I would have looked around for great big trees already grown and put them in the ground and be done with it. Olmsted had a longer view. We benefit from so many who have a long view in this place. That's why we're able to be in this beautiful building, because others came before and prepared the way. Are we patient enough to prepare for others? So much in our culture suggests that we have to do everything we can to do what we do right now, not to worry about the long term. We should get as much as we can now, here, as quickly as possible. Who has time? Who has time to plant a tree? In Washington, there was a fancy development of condominiums, and their slogan outside was, Live Your Legacy. I always wondered what the children and grandchildren of those people moving in must have thought. (laughs) In our first reading, the prophet Zephaniah prepares the way for a future of hope. He can preach about what's coming because he's already filled with confidence in God, the God who provides. Zephaniah sings out, Rejoice and exult with all your heart because God is a God of deliverance and forgiveness. Whatever has happened in the past is over and done with. It's forgotten. New life is here. New life is coming. Zephaniah says, God will rejoice over you with gladness. God will renew you in his love, will exult over you with loud singing as on a day of festival. 
One way Zephaniah helps prepare is by leading people out of the past. I recently heard a nurse who had retired from nursing after 45 years talk about doing something where I think she led someone out of the past, a little like Zephaniah, a little like John the Baptist. For a time, this nurse worked as the head of a drug rehabilitation facility, and it was a rough place to be because people came in and out, sometimes repeat people came in and out, and one never knew how things would end up for them. And she remembered this particular fellow who had enormous issues with anger, with regret, with resentment. He was an angry, mean person, and most of the staff and the other nurses avoided him altogether. But this nurse would check on him and then leave the room as soon as she could. One day she saw him. He was mean and surly and bordering on violence yet again. And she left the room. And then she had an idea. She had remembered a leftover birthday cake in the staff lounge. And so she went to the lounge and she cut a big slice and she found a candle somewhere and she lit it. And she got all the other nurses and the staff to join her. And they went into that man's room singing happy birthday. Well, he was stunned. And as soon as they stopped singing, he looked at them and he said, It's not my birthday. The nurse, who's my friend, looked at him and said, But it can be. This can be the first day of a new life for you. The past is gone. The new day is here if you'll have it. She prepared him for a future She had no idea how it actually ended up, but she did what she could in the moment. John the Baptist is the patron saint for a lot of different people and a lot of different causes, but he might be an especially good patron saint for any of us who ever find ourselves doing the work of preparation. We need him as we think about the future especially as we think about the future of Holy Trinity. There are so many areas of concern where we might be tempted to ignore them because they're not the problem right this moment. But if we prepare, we'll be doing God's work. We may not see tons of children right now, but if we prepare a space and prepare programs and prepare leadership for them, they will come and we'll be doing our part. The building currently may not uh, accommodate everyone with different needs, uh, rolling or coming in with walkers or canes, but if we prepare ourselves, they will come and we'll be right there with God. On and on, if we put more energy and time into adult Christian formation, if we put more into our music, if we put more intention and connect the dots with our mission programs already going on, we're preparing the way for for God to be in this place even more fully in the future. We can be emboldened and strengthened by remembering our baptism. We are sure enough baptized with water, but we are also, like John tells us, baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Nothing can stop us. May God give us the courage and faith this season to be people who prepare the way for others 
even if it feels like we might be planting trees that won't be enjoyed for another hundred years. Rejoice always. And let us especially rejoice that we're able to make things better for those who will come in the future. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.